Welcome to Human Resources for Small Business, where we discuss HR best practice, hot topics in HR, HR strategy, and employment law changes that affect business. I'm your host, Brandon Laws of Zenium HR. Our website is www.zeniumhr.com, where you can follow us, read articles, watch videos, or contact us. Thank you for listening. I'd like to welcome Lacey Halpern to the show today. Uh, our topic is on romantic workplace relationships. Welcome, Lacey. Thank you. So, Lacey, can you define for the listeners what uh, a romantic relationship looks like in the workplace and, and what that actually means to an employer? Well, usually it doesn't come up until it's starting to affect the employee's work, and that's typically when the employer or supervisor is going to notice that it's happening. So either two employees have a breakup or they're not getting along at work or there's some favoritism happening, that's typically when an employer is going to see there's some sort of relationship happening here in the workplace, and that's when they're going to make the decisions about do we need to do something here? Do we need to intervene? Are we at a place where it's not affecting their work? They can take it outside, leave it at home. Um, it's really up to the employer to decide kind of what that definition of the relationship is. And do you see a lot of employees coming forth to their managers to say, hey, I have a, I have a relationship with this person, or is it usually discovered uh, by a supervisor or uh, maybe uh, from other employees talking? I think it's probably a lot of both. So... I haven't really seen very often where an employee is going to come forward and say, hey, this relationship is happening. Um, We always encourage that, and that's typically what's written in the policy, that if a romantic relationship does evolve, because people work together a lot. Sometimes we spend more time with our coworkers than we do with our friends and our families. So relationships happen, and employers need to understand that it is going to happen. It's helpful to set up the guidelines for employees so that they've got a way to come forward and explain that the relationship has happened. And then on the flip side of that, it happens a lot where employees see other employees either engaging in inappropriate behavior at the workplace or altercations are happening or, like I mentioned before, favoritism when that relationship involves a reporting structure, so a supervisor and an employee. And what do you typically see in the relationships employee to employee, employee to supervisor? It's really a mix of both. It depends on the culture of the workplace. It depends on, you know, how long folks have worked together. Um, We kind of see it across all different types of industries, um, across all of the clients that I work with, um, we've encountered it. So um, it it really affects all different um, divisions of, of the company. If an employer decides that they don't have tolerance for relationships in the workplace, uh, romantic ones at that. What can employers do about it? Do they, can they put a policy in place Mm -hmm. if they have no tolerance for something like this? Yeah, and we would encourage them to do so. So I would say in the last three years, we've really seen an increase of employers updating their policies. So a lot of policies before read about relative relationships. So we don't want family members working together, but as times are changing, employers are responding to those changes by updating the policies um, and including language in there about dating relationships. Um, I think it's important to have that language in your handbook if you have a handbook, um, or at least have the policy communicated out to employees verbally in some sort of meeting so that they understand what is acceptable and what is not, because it really depends on the company. You might have a culture in your organization where 
that type of thing is normal and folks are dating each other. It's a small group of people and it's acceptable. You may have more of a corporate culture and it's not acceptable in your company. So as long as it's communicated across, you can set that policy up however it makes sense for your company. So on the on the flip side, so I talked about the, the no tolerance, mm-hmm. but what if you do have a tolerance for it or you just don't care as an employer that employees, especially if you're small, you're going to have tight relationships, just as you mentioned. But what are some steps you can take to either communicating that out to the other employees that they start to see relationships starting to happen or um, just to minimize your risk as an employer? I'm sure there's some risk. There is risk. I think if you decide that you're going to have a a tolerance for that type of behavior in the workplace, um, it's best to just communicate to your employees that you've got an open door, that while we don't have a policy against employees dating, we would prefer that it stay out of the workplace because it can get messy and it can get uncomfortable and it causes distraction at work, which is has a huge effect on your production and your service to your customers if you're a service company. So I would say that it's important for employees to know that they've got somebody to go to if they start to notice or if supervisors start to notice that it's affecting the work. Do you think there's a type of company that's more prone to have relationships in the workplace? I and mean, this is purely an opinion of yourself, yeah. but... I'm not sure. I I think it's really has a lot to do with the culture of your organization, Um, what's tolerated, what's accepted. Um, I haven't really seen a trend in any certain type of industry or a certain type of company. Certainly organizations that are um, a little less rule-oriented, I I would assume that it would happen more frequently, Um, but that's just an assumption and it's not really based on any experience that I've had with my clients. Are there signs that supervisors should be looking for? Yes. Um, I mean, I think what's very common is um, seeing public displays of affection in the workplace. And so that's some language that we recommend including in your policy. If you're an organization that doesn't tolerate that, which most are not, it's distracting. It can make people feel really uncomfortable. Um, It sets an impression up for customers if you've got customers coming into your workplace. So um, that's one sign that's pretty obvious to look for. And then I think supervisors, managers need to be tuned into their employees just as if they were having problems at home with a relationship that was going on. That's going to come into work. Happens even more frequently if the person that they're dating or in a relationship with is at the workplace. So paying attention to your employees, spending time in one-on-ones with them, talking about what's going on in their personal life to a point, and then really focusing on how it's affecting their work. I think that if you're doing that, you're going to be noticing the signs as they come up. So you mentioned public display of affection, but I'm, I'm very curious what your take is on the, the social media aspect. Mm-hmm. So because social media is so ingrained in our lives now, mm-hmm. um, what happens if employees start a- interacting with each other and it's visible to you know people that are social networking um, or even via email or text message mm-hmm. that happens to be a work phone? Mm-hmm. I mean, what's your take on that? So if employees um, are using work email um, or equipment, company equipment to communicate with each other and it's inappropriate, I think you fall back on your policies and what you've done in the past and and how you've managed that. Social media is a lot trickier, like you've said. So um, we have to be careful about what we're disciplining employees for. Um, They have privacy rights. They have rights to um, post the things that they want to post on Facebook. When it's affecting your customers and affecting your company, that's where 
employers are able to kind of um, step in and have a little bit more control. But if employees are just communicating with each other on Facebook and they're in a relationship and say that relationship has changed and um, the comments are maybe less positive than they've been in the past, those are things that employees really have a right to be able to do. Now when they come to work and their demeanors change, their attitudes change, and their work performance is affected, that's the employer's opportunity to intervene to a point and just get involved as far as the, the level of production that those employees are putting out. Because you have needs, business needs that need to be met, and a lot of employers will say, you leave your personal life at the door, right? Well, that's very difficult to do. What we can do is manage their performance when they're at work and provide resources for them to get it done. Of all the employers that are out there, how many of them actually have a romantic workplace policy? I would say that it's pretty common now. And um, with our clients, it's one that we um, fairly strongly recommend. So the clients that uh, we're working with typically have it. Um, it's definitely a conversation that we're having um, out there when we're speaking with organizations about the types of policies that are important. Um, here in Portland, there's a lot of startup businesses, and not many of those have handbooks. Um, and so I think a lot of times the policy might not be written down, but typically there's a general consensus about what is acceptable in the workplace. And I think those types of things are being communicated to employees, regardless if they're written in an actual employee handbook. Now, speaking of the policy itself, are there definitions as to what's acceptable and not acceptable, like in bullet point form? or how? Can you give a couple examples mm -hmm. as to what maybe that policy looks like? Yeah, so the, the policy that we're currently using defines what the relationship looks like. And our policy not only discusses dating relationships, but also relative relationships. So siblings, parents, because it's important when, especially you've got a small business and you're growing your business, when you're including family members into the mix, it's a dynamic that definitely changes the workplace. And I've seen that firsthand. So I think um, clients uh, that we work with are encouraged to include those definitions so employees know who is it that my company's talking about me having a relationship with. Um, and then uh, in that policy, it's also included examples of things that are unacceptable, so public displays of affection, those sorts of things. And then what happens when that relationship exists? So if it's something that's evolved over time, what can employees do? What happens when it's a reporting relationship? So are we going to transfer someone? Will someone be demoted? Do the employees both get terminated? That's up to the company. Um, and oftentimes we see um, our clients looking at a policy that's more um, lenient, so employees are not necessarily terminated. Um, if they're not disclosing that relationship and it comes about in a negative way, that may happen, but they're encouraged to come forward and explain the relationships happened. And then the company evaluates, what are the business needs right now? What's the value that these employees bring to the table? And what can we do to either keep both of the employees, move one to a different department, change the structure so that we can work around it? Curious, what does a disclosure actually look like? So from an HR mm -hmm. point of view, do you need to get something written? Is it just a verbal, like, hey, I want you to, I want you to be aware of a relationship that I have with so-and-so? Mm -hmm. I think it depends on the company. Um, so if you've got an organization that likes things in writing, so employees take want to take a leave of absence and you want that in writing, you may be a company that would request that the relationship be disclosed in writing. I think more often it's sitting down with someone that's in a position of authority above the employees 
to say this has come about this is happening we want to be honest with you and tell you that it's happening and we're prepared to handle whatever the repercussions are of this situationally i'm just going to kind of put you on the spot here so you're a supervisor and you notice that there's a couple of employees that report to you that um, are starting a romantic relationship. At least that's what you think, mm-hmm. uh, because you see some maybe hugging in the hallway or something like that. As a supervisor, what is your first step? My first step would be to probably talk to the employee separately and just say that this is some behavior that I've noticed happening. Can you tell me what's going on here? If I am a supervisor and I felt like I wasn't skilled enough to have that conversation or there was a dynamic where I thought it might be um, taken the wrong way or someone might be offended, I'd probably loop in human resources or somebody in a position of authority above me um, for support in that conversation. But I think dealing directly is the best thing that you can do and confront the situation, not let it kind of fester. Um, I think when we do that, um, we often say, gosh, I wish I would have said something a little bit sooner before we got to this point. So... In the situation of human resources in that same scenario, mm-hmm. do you, what, what is your tendency? Is it to start the kind of the process of communicating with them or do you always revert back to that policy and make your decision, whether it's, if there's a no tolerant policy, mm-hmm. can you, I mean, can you terminate them or what do you yeah, do from there? Yeah, it depends on what the, what the policy says. I think the first step would be to find out the facts and, and find out what exactly is happening, what um, how long has this relationship been going on? What departments do these employees work in? Do they work closely together? Are we at a place in our business that we could maybe move someone so there's less interaction at work so that they can maintain the relationship outside of work? There's a lot of things to look at in a situation like this where there's two employees that have started a dating relationship. And like you know, Brandon, relationships, they change. They're not static. And so the decision that we make at one time may be different in two months. So continuing to revisit the conversation and seeing how things are going and not necessarily um, involving ourselves in the relationship because that's not what we want to do. But if it's affecting work, that's when we revisit the conversation and say, hey, this is what's showing up at work. We need to reevaluate the decision that we made before. What I really hear you saying is that even though the policy exists, there still is a a due diligence phase where you need to be Mm -hmm. fact-finding. You can't take the word of somebody else who thought they saw something, but rather you need to take this head-on, communicate with these employees. If if you think something's going on, Mm -hmm. do some fact-finding, and then kind of make decisions based off the facts. That's exactly right. It's just like an investigation that we would be doing around harassment or workplace violence. You gather the facts first, you evaluate the business needs, um, talk to witnesses if that's something that's um, important or something that you could use to gather facts, and you make a business decision that's um, grounded in the facts. Well, this is all great, Lacey. So for listeners uh, who want to know more about this sort of subject, Mm -hmm. uh, maybe some legal resources, Mm -hmm. um, some other HR resources regarding the, the romantic relationships, where can they learn more? Well, I think that because it's cropping up so often, I think to pay attention to some of the alerts that many of the law firms send out with updates um, as case law happens around this issue, um, it's important to stay looped in with your HR team. So if you've got an internal HR person, definitely educating yourself about the policy with them, what to do if it comes up so you know um, how to handle these situations as they arise. Then there's plenty of um, firms out there, legal firms, that specialize in employment law that can keep you up to date. Our guest today has been Lacey Halpern of Zenium. Thanks for being part of our show. You're welcome.
This podcast is produced by Zenium Resources, Inc., all rights reserved. For information on guests or for interview requests, please visit www.zeniumhr.com or email info at zeniumhr.com. Everything on this show should be considered educational and informational only and not personal advice. Please consult with the appropriate tax, legal, or business professional for individualized advice.